Howdy, folks. For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Throughout today's performance, please refrain from buzzing, stinging, and pollinating. And no chirping. Thank you. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I am Dewey, one of your hosts here, and this is episode number 24 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. We thank y'all for being here with us. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved in the show through social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future shows. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Tennessee. Ron, how's it going, man? You staying warm down there? It's right, man. It's not warm. So having to wear coats, which I'm not accustomed to doing. Oh, you're making me angry. and coming to us from the big apple my buddy tony g what's going on tony hey what's going on with you dewey it's it's a balmy 17 degrees this morning as we record this i'm looking at 21 degrees here in uh central delaware where i have the honor and pleasure of living for the last 20 and a half years (laughs) so counting the days until i uh, leave this frozen tundra and live out the rest of my days in Central Florida. Count the days, fellas. All right. Well, thanks, fellas, for being here. I love looking forward to showing up here and uh, meeting together in the Zoom machine so we can talk about Disney World. All right. So, guys, are y'all ready to reflect on this week's WDW Reflections podcast? I'm ready. Let's get going outstanding i'm ready too in case y'all were wondering so this week join us as we take a look back at an attraction that multiple disney parks all around the world have uh in their their fantasy land including walt disney world which is the usually the focus of our show this attraction is a fan favorite for all kids of all ages from 8 to 80 years old And today we're going to be talking about the Mad Tea Party. All right, guys, so let's talk about the Mad Tea Party. So before we do, we need to talk about the uh, some of the specifics about the attractions, get some of the the statistics out of the way. So just a few facts about the attraction itself. The original Disneyland version was first envisioned as many of the original designs for many of the attractions in Disneyland 
Uh, it was originally going to be a walkthrough attraction. So even when they were first designing things like Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Pirates was originally going to be a walkthrough attraction. And much like that, this one for Alice in Wonderland was going to be the same, a walkthrough attraction. It was going to feature uh, a hedge maze. You were going to travel through the White Rabbit's house. Uh, you were going to attend the Mad Hatter's tea party. And among some other scenes, you, you were going to be able to uh, be there on the, the Queen's chessboard with all the, the walking cards and all of those things. Lots of cool things. But uh, uh, eventually it changed into the, the Imagineers wanted to steer away from, from so many walking attractions and they wanted to make it an actual ride attraction. So legendary Disney Imagineer Claude Coates was the show designer for the entire attraction. And uh, many of the things that he designed for the attraction uh, are still present today. He actually got a patent uh, in 1960. He was awarded a patent for his design of the actual ride vehicles, the teacups themselves. Uh, Claude Coates holds, holds a, a, a patent for those designs. So the Mad Tea Party was an opening day attraction at Disneyland in 1955. And the, the ride is based on the 13th animated feature film, Alice in Wonderland, released by Walt Disney Productions in 1951. So the 13th one that they put out. Specifically, the attraction is based on the unbirthday party scene from the film. And in this scene, Alice stumbles upon the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, and the Dormouse having an unbirthday party and singing the unbirthday song. Alice at first doesn't realize what an unbirthday is. When the Mad Hatter explains to her, she realizes that it's also her unbirthday and uh, she receives a birthday cake from the Mad Hatter. So you guys probably remember that scene from Alice in Wonderland. So the ride system consists of three small turntables, each rotating clockwise. Here we go. We're going to talk about some science. Each of those small turntables turn clockwise and each one of those three small turntables has six teacups for a total of 18 teacups. For the entire attraction these small these three small turntables are all fitted within a large turntable that rotates counterclockwise and this uh clockwise versus counterclockwise spinning creates the circle spinning within the circle that uh, helps to get us all dizzy as we're riding on this attraction so original concepts of the ride called for a large table in the center of the ride uh, and it was going to be, it was going to look just like the table from the Mad Hatter's unbirthday party from the film. The table would have had various lanterns and decorations reminiscent of the table in the film, but this design never made it past really the design phase. There are five different versions of this attraction at Disney parks all around the world. So it's called the Mad Tea Party at Disneyland Park and at the Magic Kingdom. It's called Alice's Tea Party at Tokyo Disneyland. It's called Mad Hatter's Teacups at Disneyland Paris. And it's called Mad Hatter Teacups at Hong Kong Disneyland. I don't know why there's such a, a small, uh, small difference between the one in Paris and the one in Hong Kong, but Mad Hatter's Teacups. So there's an apostrophe S indicating uh, ownership there for in Disneyland Paris. And in, in Hong Kong, it's just called Mad Hatter Teacups. So I don't know. It's, it's strange that they change it like that. 
Shanghai Disneyland is the only Magic Kingdom style park uh, in the world that does not have a version of the Mad Hatter Tea Party. In its place, they have a poo-themed honeypot spinning ride instead. So no Mad Hatter, no Tea Party there in Shanghai Disneyland. All five of the Mad Hatter attractions that are located across the world, all of them are in Fantasyland in their respective parks. And although the ride vehicles themselves revolve around the circular platform, the guests inside the teacups control the spinning of the individual teacup by using that silver wheel that sits in the center of the teacup. So you can spin as fast or as slow as you choose. One of the things that I found while doing this research is that uh, the original version in 1955 era Disneyland didn't have, it wasn't equipped and it wasn't built with brakes or clutches. So there was no control, no manual control or nothing from the, the, the machinery itself would control how fast you can spin. So if you ride the teacups now and you're spinning that silver wheel, you feel a little bit of resistance, right? And so there's a control on how fast you can spin. Uh, the original attraction in Disneyland wasn't equipped with those safety devices. So uh, for the first two years, and actually somebody <laughs> was thrown from one of the teacups uh, at some point, because uh, even then the teacups didn't have the doors that they have nowadays. There was just a rope closing the teacup entrance. So some knucklehead was spinning the heck out of that teacup in uh, somewhere between 55 and 57 and threw, <laughs> threw their buddy out the side of the teacup and was, uh, you know, minor injuries. But uh, after 1957, Disney was like, hey, let's put some brakes on this thing. So, <laughs> so they eventually added some safety features to it. But I found that very interesting that the original they were just like, hey, spin it as fast as you can, guys. And they did. And someone was thrown from the ride vehicle. So that's good stuff. Disneyland in the 1950s, y'all. It's the Wild West. So literally. each. Yeah, literally Wild West. Yeah. Uh, I'm here all week. But each of the five versions all utilize musical tracks from the film in loops that uh, serves the purpose of rounding out the experience with sights and sounds that transports all guests to Wonderland right there with Alice. So some specifics for the Walt Disney World version. This was also an opening day attraction when Walt Disney World opened on October 1st, 1971. The Mad Tea Party was a part of the park's offerings. During the A through E ticket days, the Mad Tea Party opened as a B ticket attraction. So a B ticket. So the, you know, in the A through E tickets, A was the least exciting, least, uh, I guess you could say least costly. It was the cheapest tickets. So when it opened, it was a B ticket attraction, but it was quickly upgraded to a C ticket attraction due to its popularity. So the Mad Hatter's Tea Party was pretty popular then in the early days. The Magic Kingdom's Mad Tea Party was built as a near exact replica of the original Disneyland version to include being built without a roof. But the hot Florida sun and the region's tendency for frequent and powerful thunderstorms with driving rain won that contest. So much 
and uh, so a much needed roof was built to provide shade and protection from rain in 1974. They actually found that the uh, the spinning floor, the mechanisms, when when doused with rain, would have to be uh, closed for a time to let that let the innards, so the inside mechanisms, dry out. So gigantic, huge, powerful thunderstorms plus a ride vehicle that needs to dry out if it gets wet. Uh, prompted the need for uh, for a roof to be put on. So in 1974, the uh, Mad Tea Party got that roof. When the roof was built, they also added the centerpiece of the attraction, which was the teapot with the dormouse inside. So that attraction, much like the Disneyland version, didn't have that centerpiece of the giant teapot where the dormouse pokes his head out every few minutes. It was not there originally. And to this day, the Disneyland version does not have the teacup. In, or I'm sorry, it doesn't have the, the teapot in the center. So that was added to the Mad Tea Party in 1974 when they added that much-needed roof for protection from the sun and the rain. The original paint design of each teacup was originally designed by famous Disney artist Mary Blair, who you guys certainly know her name. She's famous for work on uh, It's a Small World and uh, maybe even more famously known for the giant mural that's on the wall in the Grand Canyon concourse of the Contemporary Resort. The theming of the ride includes, like I talked about a minute ago, that large teapot in the center of the, all the teacups uh, on that large turntable. And the Dormouse, I don't know what the timing is, but uh, if you stand there and watch it for a few seconds, about every minute or so, uh, the Dormouse can see, you, you'll see the top of the teapot raise up and you'll see the Dormouse poke his head out and look around for a second or two and then retreat back into that, uh, that large teapot. The attraction at Disney World, Mad Tea Party received an update in 1992 receiving an all new color scheme and also received some new music details and new colorful lanterns. So Japanese style lanterns that hang from the roof and around the perimeter of the, uh, the, the Mad Tea Party roof. Uh, the ride today still currently carries the same design from this 1992 update. And one of the cool things that I've seen, I've never seen it uh, myself personally live, but I have seen pictures and videos and such. If you're one of the lucky ones, you may just get to ride the Mad Tea Party with a character from the film. Alice and the White Rabbit have been known to take rides with unsuspecting guests from time to time right there in the Magic Kingdom. And this is actually one of the few rides where this occurs, where you can actually ride the attraction with characters from the movie that the attraction is based upon. Uh, this the is also... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the Mad Hatter also makes appearances on that. I, I, I know for a fact that it's also a frequent stop for um, several of the film's characters, uh, not just riding it, but uh, around the actual attraction. Guests mm -hmm. can often find Tweedledee, Tweedledum, Alice and the White Rabbits, and the Mad Hatter often can be found hanging around the attraction for photo opportunities. I know I have been... I have seen that myself. I've gotten pictures with uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum there around uh, around the the Mad Tea Party when I was a kid. Probably 
maybe early teens, somewhere between 12, 13, 14, something like that. I've got pictures of me with uh, with Tweedledee and Tweedledum, or I say I have them. My mom has those photo albums, but uh, I can remember that specifically. The Mad Tea Party has no height requirement, so this makes it an attraction fun for all ages. And today, the Mad Tea Party is a part of the new Lightning Lane system. So uh, if you purchase Genie Plus, so it can be added to, uh, I guess, you know, you don't call it, we don't call it Fast Pass anymore, but you can select the Mad Tea Party as one of your Lightning Lane selections and, uh, and get a, a, a ride reservation to come back and ride it sometime later in the day. Although it doesn't usually need it. It's not necessary because it doesn't typically have a very long standby line compared to some of the other attractions in the park. And the Mad Tea Party. Now, look, I get uh, I don't ride it anymore. I loved it when I was a kid, but I'm pretty sure we've talked about uh, how I don't uh, I don't tolerate spinning rides very well anymore that I, if I get if I get dizzy or anything like that, then it sometimes it gives me a migraine, unfortunately. So I haven't ridden it in a very long time, but I know that when I've been on it, it seems like it lasts like eight minutes. It just seems like a really long ride to me. But um, the uh, you got? Do you guys have any idea? Do you know how long that ride actually is? If you just had to guess, what would you say? How long do you think it is? And I can. You're both like looking up, contemplating the uh the question you, you seem very uh very very thoughtful you're putting in some time here so I'd what say, do you think i'd say two minutes maybe two minutes okay yeah. what do you think ron it definitely feels much longer than it did when i was a kid yes for sure so, um i'm gonna say three minutes the attraction is actually I, I, wait 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 i want to oh. say one dollar <laughs> this is not the price is right Tony. Oh, <laughs> and actually you both went over anyway so if this was the price is right you would be over i changed and you my answer one minute you <laughs> <laughs> if this was the price is right first of all you don't get to change your answer ron <laughs> and second of all you both went over so you would not win the showcase showdown the the ride is actually 90 seconds really 90 yeah. seconds. Yes, I know, right? Everybody's like, I thought it was longer. I do too. It's when I'm spinning and I'm getting a head a headache, it seems like it's like <laughs> eight minutes long. But the ride is actually only about 90 seconds long. So I found that interesting. But uh uh we wanted to just do a quick little review and talk about some of the history of the Mad Hatter, uh the Mad Tea Party, depending on what what park around the world you are. Uh, depends on the name there at Disney World. We call it the Mad Tea Party. So we we thought it would be fun since it was an opening day attraction just to kind of go back and talk about some of its history. It's not one of the big, fancy, flashy roller coasters and, you know, with big elaborate theming and stuff like that. So Mad Tea Party doesn't get a whole lot of love. So we thought it'd be fun to talk about it for a little bit. Being the old guy on the panel... Um, I've had the opportunity to see this ride without the canopy. And uh, I used to would choose spin rides over roller coasters exclusively as a kid. And so we would get those things spinning 
as fast as we could. And I would have been the knucklehead Dewey that would have tried to spin that thing <laughs> to the point that we would, we, we, we would spin it to the point that we couldn't spin because the, the centrifugal force would be pulling us back so hard. Um, so we would spin that thing. I couldn't do that today. It would just, I would be uncomfortable for the rest of the day. I would be sick. So I'm right there with you, you know, 12 year old, whatever. Um, my first trip there, we've talked about it before I was 11 and I can remember, and there's actually, I've, I've got a video of us riding it my brother and I, you know, my mom's on the side, you know, behind the rail with the big 13 pound video camera <laughs> video at us. Um, and you know, my brother and I just, he's on one side of the cup and I'm on the other. So our, our arms are like inner intertwined with each other yep. and we're just twisting the heck out of that thing, man. <laughs> and, uh, and good thing it did have a door on it. Cause we probably would have thrown ourselves free from it as well. Um, so yeah, back in the day, the twisting didn't bother me. And, and my brother and I tried to get that thing. We, we were fighting those, those clutches and brakes for sure. Trying to get that thing to spin as fast as we could. So definitely have some very good memories about. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully I can that. still spin. I, I can still spin. I just can't, I can't go and do crazy, crazy. So, man, I tell you, and this is completely unrelated. Well, unrelated to Disney, but not unrelated from spinning. Uh, when my kids were little, like, you know, three or four, or whatever, you know, you play ring around the rosies, sure. you know, with your kids, I can remember uh, like being in the kitchen and playing ring around the rosies with my kids and I would get dizzy. And I would get a headache and, and that's just walking in a circle, you know, that's not even being on a ride. So uh, something as minor as ring around the rosies, it, it sounds incredibly ridiculous to even say out loud, but I couldn't even do ring around the rosies with my kids. So I certainly can't do an attraction that spins. So even with I, closing I your eyes, it's not going to help. Obviously, no. no. Uh. Uh-uh. It it's it's almost like um. Uh, so you know, Ron, you're gonna we're gonna bring a tear to your eye. I don't ride Mission Space anymore because me. of the spinning. Um. Even stuff like uh. Have you guys? I'm sure you have. You've been on um. What is it? The uh, the new living seas it's uh the seas with nemo and friends Mm -hmm. things like uh you know the part where you are traveling through the the australian what is that the the current the the current yeah the the current where the turtles are like you know surf's up dude and Mm -hmm. whatever i have to close my eyes on that and that's not even spending but that that's the projection of the waves and the the current speeding down the the screen uh and let me tell you the kids think it's hilarious they're like open your eyes dad and i'm like no <laughs> it's so stupid but animated you're older bubbles. than me dewey huh i think you're older than me <laughs> i know uh, it's i'm old man my animated bubbles make me dizzy. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! So, so my kids are just like her, her, her. When I'm closing I my have eyes, a little on. heart, and I don't get that dizzy. <laughs> hey man, I, I'm not. Uh, it's, I don't control it. It's inside my head somewhere. There's look. There's <laughs> that, a lot of there, problems. That explains it right there. <laughs> there's a lot of problems inside this head. That's just one of them. Mm. Well, I, so, I have to say that this ride also is kind of fun at night. At you know, when you ride it, it the way it's lit up and the way that it uh, 
where it's where it's located in the park is a, a nice little spot where you can kind of get a, a little bit of a refresher at night. Absolutely. It's um, you know, right there at the end of the end of the, I guess the walkway between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. It's at the opening of that uh Fantasyland walkthrough. And um at night it is. It's really the lanterns light up and uh, you know, it's really nice underneath there. I, I the speedway haters, the speed the motor speedway haters probably would complain that they smell the gasoline. Oh, absolutely. You can't ride the teacups because all you hear is the, the motors of the the go-karts there at the Tomorrowland Speedway. Absolutely. All, all this talking of, about these classic rides, though, is taking me back. Uh, last week, I was mentioning how Pirates reminded me of Disneyland. And this also, where, where, where the teacups are located, is a, a great spot. And the uh, production that you were mentioning about this ride, Dewey, reminded me that there is, unlike in Disney World, there is an, an Alice in Wonderland attraction right next to the teacups. And it seems that they incorporated a lot of what they had intended with regard to that walkthrough into the dark mm. ride that's right there at, uh, for Alice in Wonderland. That's correct. It's it's uh, it's cool that you say that. I didn't include it in uh, in the 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 show that we just did you know the in my bullets or whatever bullet points but one of the things that uh because you know we're we even though we talk a little bit about disneyland we try to focus on disney world but since you brought it up i'm compelled to tell you um the uh the where you're talking about with the teacups in disneyland it currently sits right beside the the alice in wonderland, alice in wonderland, wonderland attraction, attraction. Yeah. it didn't originally it wasn't there <laughs> Oh, really? The original uh, location of the teacup ride at Disneyland was right behind the castle and the carousel. Okay. And uh, when they redid um, New Fantasyland, I think it was, gosh, I can't remember. I, I want to say it was in the 70s when they redid Fantasyland at Disneyland uh, is when they moved it to its current location right beside the Alice in Wonderland attraction. So you've got all the Alice attractions side by side but it wasn't originally there. So uh, it's cool that you brought that up. Good stuff. So I no longer ride the attraction, unfortunately, uh, but I do I do remember it. I have fond memories of riding it with my brother and uh, you know, good times from, from the past. So that's why we like to reflect on some of our memories from days gone by. So that's good stuff. That was fun, guys. So let's go ahead and move on over to our next segment. It's a little thing we like to call what's happening now in Walt Disney World. And uh, some some pretty interesting stuff going on this week. So around the Walt Disney World Resort, some pretty drastic changes began to debut this week as part of the changes in color and design seen around the property that is probably associated with the 50th anniversary of the resort. Some new blue road signs were spotted around the roadways. The change was first noted when a new sign featuring the addition of the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser to the Disney Springs and Epcot exit that uh, just happens to be on the westbound route of the Osceola Parkway uh, was spotted earlier in the week. These new signs replace the iconic purple and red road signs that have been a distinct and recognizable staple of the Walt Disney World Resort road system for the past 30 years. 30 years those purple signs have been there. So I don't think I realized that. But That's probably almost my entire time of having visited the park. Right, exactly. 
So the same sign featuring the Galactic Star Cruiser information also featured the now restored EBCOT, the EPCOT in all capital letters, a throwback to the all capitalized acronym for EBCOT Center from the park's classic years. So not only did they debut the new blue sign, they debuted it that with the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser information on the exit, and they also debuted the new uh, return to the all capitals, uh, all capital letters for EBCOT. So that's a little exciting for me being an old school EBCOT nostalgia guy. So there are over a thousand road signs featuring the old purple and red scheme all over, scattered all over the Walt Disney World Resort property. So replacing them is going to take a little bit of time. So you'll be able to watch the transformation from old purple and red to new blue and gold over the next few months. So, Tony, have you seen this? Have you seen the, any pictures or read a news story or anything like that about these new blue and gold street signs going up all over the property? I actually have seen some photos, and I, and I did read a story. It seems like they were the painting was connected to the color of the new kiosks or something that's, it's, that's in the parks. Well, um, did you? I'm sure you've seen, you know, the Welcome to Disney World arches yes. that go over. Um, at the beginning of the 50th anniversary, our guests in preparation for it, they had painted that in a new uh, new blue scheme that has some of those gold um, iridescent colors and stuff on it. The, uh, the blue of these new road signs is the same blue that is on the that that overhead arch that goes over the roadway that welcomes you to Disney World property. And I guess it's sort of tied into uh, even the I know it's the iridescent colors, but even like Mickey's suit for the 50th is like a, a, a blue with that iridescent uh, shimmering or whatever they call. So the um, it must just be part of this whole 50th anniversary thing is they're going with this new blue and gold color scheme, which I'm not a real, I'm not a big, you know, I don't hate purple, but I don't love purple. You know, I'm not Prince, so I don't <laughs> love purple. Um, but, you know, I did, I, I liked, you could tell when you made it onto Disney property because there were no longer, you know, your, your typical green road signs. Yeah. So and it, it I, did make it a unique kind of experience part of the experience when you did Absolutely. see that you start getting excited because oh boy i must be uh, going someplace different now especially when you're a kid you know you're mm -hmm. close when you see purple road signs you're like hey, hey i'm there yeah so um i don't i'm not mad I'm, I'm i'm i like the blue i actually like the blue better than the purple i would have been upset if they had if they had just gone and eh, let's just use the green road signs that the u.s government uses then i would have probably lost my mind but since they still are going to keep it distinct and, you know, it's going to be specific to Disney that only Disney is going to have these, these blue signs, then, then I'm good with it. I like it. Um, I, I'm telling you, my head would have blown up if they had just started putting up regular old green road signs. I'd have lost my mind. But I wonder if I they're going to add the like characters to, I wonder if they're going to add the characters to any of these signs. Like the, 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 I think the one or two of the purple ones had the little Mickey peeking out. Didn't, didn't it have like a, um, everywhere like if there was an arrow or something didn't they have like mickey's, mickey's hand, hand or something, or something at some yeah. point yeah i don't know if that was i don't remember if that was widespread or if that was just some of them or i'm not I don't remember for some reason it, i feel like i remember uh like a mickey you know his glove or something but i don't know the, i know the one that um that they the first the first one that debuted or whatever the 
the the one with the galactic star cruiser and everything it's just uh it's just blue didn't have any characters or anything like that but uh it looks nice it, it actually like i said i actually kind of like it better than the purple i think it's uh it is it uh, is much more modern you would think though if they wanted to completely modernize this they could have gone with an led screen of some sort so they can do whatever with it oh uh, but you know what that means tony money <laughs> money yeah. you know <laughs> yeah they're not spending money on anything that is not going to make them money. And road signs don't make them money. So they're going to have to change the size of the buses to match this as well. I think that the buses had those purple things on them too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the, I mean, let's be honest, the, the bus fleet, the bus fleet could probably use uh, some upgrades uh, anyway. So yeah. yeah it's not, I mean, I, I don't mind this, this change so much. I mean, it has been 30 years. So, or, or so, so it, it makes sense that they want to update the look and make things a little, give things a kind of a fresh, fresh appearance, but uh, it, it's shocking, of course, because we're so used to seeing it the other way. Well, when something lasts for 30 years, then, yeah. you know, absolutely it is shocking. It's like, whoa, that's different. But, it's also uh, fun to look at that sign that says the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser underneath as if that's where everybody's headed. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. All three of all three people who are being chauffeured there uh, w- w- won't be able to miss that sign, I guess. Yeah, th- those those three automobiles will know where to go. <laughs> the people that can afford it, because I the know ones, that that's ain't me. me. Exactly, <laughs> it's not me. All right, that's awesome. All right, sweet. Well, let's move on to the next next segment of the show. All right, so that's good stuff. That is all we have today for what's happening now in walt disney world let's take a quick trip right over to segment number three of our show this is a little thing we like to call what's your favorite each week one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys those two guys don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer that question on the spot this week ron has control of what's your favorite so, Ron, we're ready for your question, buddy. What you got? Hey, I think I've got a good one this week, though. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking to myself, I hope we haven't been asked this question. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Ron, no reruns. We don't want reruns. <laughs> right. I don't want to do a rerun, and hopefully I'm not. So, the question is what's your favorite? What's your favorite ride that has Walt's signature to it? Could be one of four. Could be it's a small world, the Disney Railroad, Enchanted Tiki Room, or Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Who you want to answer that one first? Let's go with Tony. He seemed to have some thoughts there, so let's go with Tony. Yeah, when you specified which of these rides that we're talking about, uh, Carousel of Progress just bounces right out at me because it feels like walt it sounds like walt we've seen video actually when they redid it at disney world they had lots of video of him sitting there with the sherman brothers and and getting that song together and getting the ride together so in my mind watching that one reminds me of the ideas that walt had for progress and for uh what the park could evoke especially with having uh, these animatronics and this vision of of what the what 
America was like in the past and what to expect in the future. So that one definitely is my favorite. All right. Oh, so, hey, uh, Ron, can you give me the four choices again? I want to hear them one more time before. I think I already know my choice, but I want to hear the four choices again. Sure. So I can guess which one it's not for sure. Uh, one <laughs> is it's a small world. Two is <laughs> Disney Railroad. Three is Enchanted Tiki Tiki Room. And four is Walt Disney's Carousel Progress. Okay, yes. Uh, I thought I knew that this one was going to be easy. Uh, and, uh, and I'm correct. It's easy for me. Uh, and I'm right there with Tony for uh, Carousel of Progress. Uh, first of all, it has everything that you love. If you're a, a nostalgic old, uh, old school Disney fan, it's got everything you love. It's got the animatronics, uh, you know, and even though the animatronics are the old clunky ones where they're like, you can tell they are robots, you know, uh, I still absolutely love it. Um, I'm a history guy. Uh, my uh, my undergrad degree is in history. I, 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 I taught history at a local college for uh, a little while uh, back in the day. I, I've been a, a fan of history for my entire life. Uh, I think I get that from my parents. And so this thing is like an animatronic history lesson, man. It's just, you know, it's really cool. And then I'm 100% on board with what Tony said about the video that you get to watch when you're outside waiting for waiting for the door to revolve back around so you can get on it. That video of Walt and the Sherman brothers and they're singing, you know, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow and stuff. Uh, that is just so cool, man. Look, I was born in 74. Walt unfortunately died in 66. So I, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up watching Walt Disney on Sunday nights. Uh, you know, so I, I feel like I missed out on that, you know, so seeing those old, you know, thank goodness he was on TV and there's hundreds and thousands of recordings of them that we can go back and watch because, uh, I, I, you can tell why they called him, why he was known across America as, uh, uncle Walt. Because, you know, he, he did come into people's living rooms every week and was almost a part of the family. And while I know that some of that was, you know, a TV persona and he was sometimes a little bit different than that TV persona uh, in real life. Uh, you know, aren't we all, you know, my real world persona is different than my TV persona. Right. Uh, you know, I, I totally get that. I know he was in, in a way playing a character and everything, playing that Uncle Walt character. But what a remarkable man Walt Disney was. And when you watch that video of him and the Sherman Brothers singing Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, that is not a character. That is not a persona. That is Walt Disney being a kid you know what i mean he's you know the sherman brothers are banging away on the piano and they're belting out great big beautiful tomorrow and you can see it in his eyes you can see it on his face the dude is just in heaven you know he absolutely loved everything about this attraction he loved talking about uh, america you know he was a super patriotic guy and he so he loved the premise of the ride you know it's his idea but he loved the the thought of telling the story of how uh, innovation and change had, you know, shaped the lives of Americans and, you know, telling that story through his animatronic creations and 
Uh, you know, you could tell the guy was just excited about that attraction and, you know, the history of it, the fact that it was first at the New York World's Fair in 64, and then they took it to Disneyland and it was at Disneyland for a few years and then they brought it to Disney World. I mean, holy smokes. The, and, that and doesn't it techni technically have a history of being the most seen Stage show. theatrical show or something yep that's right it holds the record for being the most viewed stage show in american cinematic or american theatrical history um yeah i mean just everything about this this thing and i like your question ron you know what's your favorite attraction that you know has ron not doesn't have ron's hands <laughs> has walt's hands on it and, what would I be mean, your favorite england attraction world. ron <laughs> there we, we can come up with england world Oh gosh, I'm buying a season pass to that place. Let me tell you, <laughs> sign me up. What would be the right? What would be the main ride on that one? <laughs> so yes, man. Uh, I was I was born after Walt was gone, so I don't. You know, I didn't live that watch Walt every Sunday night thing. But even without having lived in the same time as him, you know, he's still very much been a part of. Uh, of my childhood and even today as a 47 year old child he's still a part of my uh my continuing childhood so great question Juan. great question ron but i'm going for sure carousel of progress absolutely love carousel of progress. yeah i thought i i honestly thought this question was going to be a little bit harder for the two of you um i knew dewey that small world wouldn't be your number one <laughs> I hey, you know what? It's a small world is my number one as much as Tiki Room is your number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, because and I, I, it, this is was a slam dunk for me as well, and it's all three of us are in the same boat. Carousel of Progress. It's it's just one of those nostalgia. And there was a point where there was rumor that it was going to be taken out. I was just a, a, I was put it put back put it back by that because it's so Walt Disney and it's so and I would love to see them refurbish this I do not want to see it go anywhere I would love to see them um bring some new animatronics to it and and I mean it's definitely due for restoration but I if it's open because a lot of times when you go it won't be open now but um if it's open, we're riding it, and and I love it, and and it's just it just brings back everything that screams Disney to me. Um, so, and I can really go any trip and not ride. It's a small world, and while the railroad, I love it. It that doesn't scream Walt Disney, even though Disney was a huge railroad fan. Um, he had one in his backyard, which was incredible. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 you can ride that at any theme park and get that. So, and then of course, I've not been to the Tiki Room. So, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that again. <laughs> so, it, it, Carousel Progress, uh, I love it and thankful it's there. And Ron, you're right. There were you know, in probably like the mid 2000s or so, yeah. it was on seasonal operation, which, you know, always means it's almost time for it to go away. 
you know, they did that with stitch. They've done that with uh, like the timekeeper back in the day. There's um, uh, whenever something goes to seasonal operation, that's almost like the, the, uh, the, the last step before announcing that it's going away. And carousel progress was on the chopping block. Very, very sure it was going to be taken away. And, I don't know who's responsible for it staying, but someone had to speak up and say, yo, this is one of Walt's, Walt's dreams. We're not, it's not going anywhere. And thank goodness they did because now uh, I think it's safe now because it's, and we've talked about it before. There's, there's a window where it's um, there's a very small window where it goes from being out of date to being nostalgic. And often, unfortunately, uh, Disney is kind of quick to pull the plug on something that is out of date and doesn't allow it to get to that next level where it becomes nostalgic. You know, they did that with Horizons. And, you know, we can talk about attractions that are gone that if they had just stayed around for a couple of more years while they were out of date, they would have become a, a classic, a nostalgic ride that uh has you know has the status of being a you know old school you know walt touched it kind of thing and thankfully carousel progress survived that out of date period and has now become one of those nostalgic you know classic pieces and i also agree with you ron that uh again my favorite hashtag for furbish not replace uh i would love to see them do some updates. I think the ride could probably use some updates to the sound system. It could be, you know, uh, I don't know if it's still on analog tapes or or what, but it could probably be, they could probably bring it to a digital format. They could probably put better speakers and stuff inside the, the attraction. Uh, maybe even put in some of those newer, smoother uh, animatronics. And I would love to see them update the last scene. Yeah. You know, well, the... Yeah. The, the last scene is not the original last scene, obviously. It was... Um, that would have been amazing, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you can find it on YouTube. You can go and find the original Oh, I'd love to see scene. that. Oh, go do it, dude. It's awesome. It's like 70s era because yeah. you know, when they brought it to Disney World, uh, GE wanted it changed because the, um, the Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow talked about you know the future. Right. And when it was brought to Disney World from Disneyland, GE said, hey, we'll keep sponsoring it, but we want to make a change. We're not talking about the future. We're talking about now. You can get the future today from GE. If you buy a GE product, you can have the future in your home now. So we want something that says now is the time. And that's exactly what the Sherman Brothers did with the, the second song that for a few years replaced It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. It was called Now is the Time. And you can go find that scene, the last scene, which was an updated scene from the original 1964 World's Fair uh, finale. And it is, dude, it's straight from the 70s. And, uh, and it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. And you can even, there's even themes and, uh, you know, uh, out of date stereotypes and stuff that you know really scream it's 1970s but definitely go check that out it's pretty fun but uh, obviously that wasn't the 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 one we have today was updated in the 90s when they brought back the song it's a great big beautiful tomorrow 
and they began calling it Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress to 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 kind of change, kind of uh, bring in that that nostalgia and cash in on the you know the Walt Disney name and the 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 superstardom of of the man Walt Disney. So in the 1990s is when they redid that last scene, and you get virtual reality headgear and and you know. Uh, newfangled HD TVs and stuff, you know, voice command and all that stuff. And so it, it's out of date and could certainly use an update. And I would love to see that final scene updated to, you know, something futuristic. And maybe it would look like Horizons. Maybe they can make make the new final scene look like Horizons with the robot butler or something like that. That would be super cool. But I'm with you, Ron. Let's, let's, um, Let's update the final scene of our favorite, all three of us unanimously saying our favorite this week, what's your favorite question? The Carousel of the Progress. Love it, love it, love it. All right, thanks for that question this week, Ron. Good stuff. And that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all our social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, and lots of different places wherever you choose to find us. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at or at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, requests for some trip tips, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else that you can think of. Just shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And please keep coming back and listening to the show, because we really appreciate it. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon.